KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, January 5th. A police officer charged with falsifying an arrest report involving a black man. That story next. But first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County public health officials reported more than 3,000 new infections on Monday and six deaths. The county has reported nearly 11,000 cases since the new year started. Governor Gavin Newsom says he's working to speed up the administration of COVID-19 vaccines across the state. He's expanding the number of distribution sites and the types of people who can give the shots. The governor says the state received 1.3 million doses of vaccines from Pfizer and another 600,000 are on the way. As of Sunday, however, only about 450,000 doses have been administered. The California Advisory Board wants police agencies to routinely review officers' social media, cell phones, and computers for racist, bigoted, or otherwise offensive content. The Racial and Identity Profiling Advisory Board made the recommendation on Monday. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. A former La Mesa Police Department officer involved in the controversial arrest of a black man last May has been charged with falsifying a police report in connection with the incident. KPBS's Joe Hong reports. San Diego County District Attorney Summer Stephan announced on Monday that her office filed the charges against former La Mesa police officer Matthew Dadges. On May 27th, Dadges got into an altercation with 23-year-old La Mesa resident Omri Johnson near a trolley stop. Dadges arrested Johnson for assaulting a police officer, but those charges were eventually dropped. Following Johnson's arrest, the police department faced widespread criticism for discriminating against black people. The timing of the incident also coincided with the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police, leading to a large protest in La Mesa that ended with some participants looting downtown businesses. District Attorney Stephan issued the following statement regarding the charges against Dadges. 
When someone in a position of trust, such as a police officer, commits a crime, it causes tremendous harm and shakes the community's confidence in those who are sworn to protect them. Everyone is accountable under the law, and as we've done previously, we will file criminal charges when they are supported by facts and evidence. Dadges joined the La Mesa Police Department in 2018, but was terminated after the incident with Omri. In a statement to KPBS, the La Mesa Police Department's acting police chief, Ray Sweeney, said, The La Mesa Police Department is aware of the announcement made by the District Attorney's Office this morning regarding the issuing of charges against former La Mesa Police Officer Matthew Dadges. We have worked closely with the San Diego District Attorney's Office over the past several months on this matter. The La Mesa Police Department holds each and every member of the department to the highest standards of integrity in order to protect and serve our community and keep its trust. According to a DA spokesperson, the charges against Dadges marked the fifth time since 2009 that a police officer in the county has been charged for falsifying a police report. Dadges faces up to three years in prison if convicted. Joe Hong, KPBS News. San Diego's former mayor, Kevin Faulkner, is officially preparing to run for governor. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says the announcement came on Monday. As a Republican in deep blue California, the odds are automatically stacked against Faulkner. But with a budding campaign to recall Governor Gavin Newsom, Faulkner could find a familiar, if unlikely, pathway to victory. Wait for a scandal to oust the incumbent, then win in a low-turnout special election. UCSD political science professor Thad Kauser says that's how Faulkner was elected mayor in 2014. If turnout is lower in a recall that's held in an odd year in an odd month, then you might have a more Republican slanted electorate, or at least one where it wouldn't be as blue as most electorates are in California. The Recall Newsom campaign has another two and a half months to gather 1.5 million valid signatures. That would force a statewide recall vote. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. County officials and business leaders are urging small businesses to take advantage of a state program that's handing out $500 million in grants. KPBS's Max Rivlin-Nadler reports. The program offers businesses between $5,000 and $25,000 depending on their size. These grants don't have to be paid back. Originally, the deadline for business owners was this Friday, but sensing the tight deadline, state officials moved the date back to Wednesday, January 13th. Unlike other pandemic relief programs, this one isn't first-come, first-serve, meaning no applications will be reviewed until the 14th. Daniel Fitzgerald is with the San Diego and Imperial Small Business Development Center, which is helping business owners navigate the application. This is, is, is an opportunity for small businesses and nonprofits to be able to get a little bit of relief. Businesses and nonprofits can sign up for the program through an online portal at careliefgrant.com. Max Adler, KPBS News. You heard yesterday about how the San Diego Opera has pivoted to adapt to the pandemic. KPBS reporter John Carroll talked to one San Diegan who's had to find solutions for not one, not two, but three different arts groups. What's been taken away is the very thing that we're usually doing, that is performing. Even during the middle of a pandemic, Ruben Valenzuela has a lot on his plate. He founded San Diego's Bach Collegium in 2003, and he remains its artistic director. He is the choral conductor for the La Jolla Symphony Chorus, and he's the director of music and organist at All Souls Episcopal Church in Point Loma. 
Given that he has his fingers in so many arts pots, we wanted to know how the arts organizations that he's responsible for are faring nearly a year into this pandemic. Valenzuela says things have gotten better. Here he describes how things changed with his musical duties at church. Things started to kind of refine themselves. Okay, we can get some people in here in the building, which gives us a proper acoustic, which means that we, we can use the organ. Valenzuela says part of the challenge with the La Jolla Symphony Chorus is just keeping the group of about 80 volunteer singers engaged. Think Zoom meetings. With the Bach Collegium, the pandemic presented a more daunting prospect. We have concerts planned. They got pulled. They got canceled. People paid for things. What are we going to do? Like most leaders of arts organizations, Valenzuela says he's looking forward to the end of the pandemic and anxious to see what arts groups look like on the other side. John Carroll, KPBS News. Coming up, speaking with the Secretary of State-designate Shirley Weber of San Diego about her agenda once she's confirmed by the state legislature. That's up next, just after this break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Secretary of State-designate Shirley Weber of San Diego talked to CAP Radio's Nicole Nixon about her agenda for the office once she's confirmed by the legislature. She also reacts to President Trump's controversial phone call with Georgia's top elections official. Well, you know, the fact that I was even considered was quite a, quite an honor and really a surprise because I did not seek the position and I was chairing the Black Caucus and doing the kind of work that I've done in terms of social justice and dealing with issues of diversity and those kinds of things. So it was really not on my radar as something to do. So when I was approached about it, I was really quite surprised and honored and, uh, and even more honored when the selection was made, you know, that I would become the first uh, African-American to serve in the Secretary of State's position. Do you have any idea of the timeline for your transition into that office? Is that something you'll step into before the presidential inauguration or maybe shortly after? It's it's a domino effect. Um, uh, I have to wait till Mr. Padilla actually takes the Senate seat before I can take his seat. And he has to wait for Kamala Harris to vacate her seat before he can take the Senate. So it's, it's a 
it's one of those kind of things that when one happens and the other one happens and then we can begin the process. So before I get into your new role as secretary of state and your priorities, there's this news of President Trump um, pressuring this uh, top Georgia GOP uh, official, the secretary of state, into finding votes to overturn Joe Uh Biden's win in that state. What do you make of that phone call between Georgia's secretary of state and President Trump? Assemblywoman, you'll be in a position like this in just a few short weeks. I was appalled to hear the conversation. Uh, was really disheartening to have it come from the highest office in the land, where voting is such a an important part of this democracy. And when that is eroded and when that is destroyed, you really find yourself in a, a situation like so many other countries around the world, where people are intimidated, people are afraid. Uh, there are all kinds of things that take place. You feel elections being repeated and repeated when uh, in order for someone to get the result they want. Uh, that is not what we're about in this country. And so I was pleased that the Secretary of State in Georgia. He's a Republican and I'm a Democrat, but I was pleased that he remembered his oath of office. I listened to him say, you know, I took an oath to defend the Constitution. And that's the real honor and the responsibility of the Secretary of State to ensure that these elections truly are the will of the people and not the will of the Secretary of State, not the will of the governor, not the will of the president, but really the people. And and we have to have that in our Secretary of State. Well, I want to get back to your priorities for this office as California's next secretary of state. What do you plan on making your priority in the next, you know, couple of years before our next uh, statewide (laughs) election in 2022, right around the corner here? Right around the corner, right around the corner. Well, first of all, you know, I was um, part of uh, some of the reform that has taken place in terms of the voting. And so we were very clear about uh, expanding opportunities for people to vote, whether they wanted to mail it in or whether they wanted to have uh, in-person voting. And I think we saw that and we saw it work quite well for for Californians. Um, I also want to make the discussion of civic education and responsibility a part of what we do. And I've been approached by some of our schools because when I hear folks like the president making the kind of comments he makes, you know, it, it says to somebody, it says very clearly that we have to really equate equip our students and our citizens to understand their civic responsibility, that they understand why it exists the way it exists and what happens when it begins to fail, what is treason and what is not treason and and how we tolerate each other's viewpoints in the world, because that's what makes democracy uh, important. And so we're going to look at this whole issue of civic education as a part of it. That was Secretary of State Designate Shirley Weber speaking with Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.